Good morning, and welcome to NSPS Radio Hour. We're here for another Monday morning. It's hard to believe how long we've actually been doing this, and my guest today is Lisa Isom. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. I think our listeners will recognize Lisa's name. She's been on the show probably as much as any one individual, but it's important that Lisa's on the show because we're always talking about issues related to surveying businesses, their liabilities, and protection for those liabilities, as well as coverages for other business-type issues. So um, it's always uh, a pleasure to have you on the show with me. I hope you're doing well today, Lisa. I am. I'm doing good. Busy summer, and um, and it's always a pleasure to, to be on the show and uh, listen to some of the, um, the feedback that we get from it after the show. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's great. I, and this particular series, I think, elicits more comments than pretty much anything we've done. Um, and it's understandable, obviously, <laughs> because we're talking about things that are hitting right in people's, uh, people's backyard. By the way, before we get too far, my wife says to tell you hello. Oh, well, tell her I said hello. And she's in uh, Austin for the next couple of days. She went down there yesterday. So ah. she's doing now her meeting. meeting thing. city, huh? Pardon me? <laughs> Down with the hot, um, the heat, and the humidity. <laughs> yeah, really. As if we don't have any here in Washington. <laughs> but um, I, I know the last show we had, we we began to touch a little bit, I think, on on cyber liability, and yeah. and we've we've circled back a, a few times on other things that kind of pop up, as you said, from some of the feedback we get. Uh, so I don't know if you have anything in particular on the feedback you want to get into right away or if you want to go ahead and pick up on that. And then at the end, maybe if we have some opportunity, uh, ha- having just paid my uh, professional liability insurance premium, <laughs> I wanted to go back to that because it, it made me think about this whole issue we've talked about before about people who are winding down businesses or um, – like people like me who still have licenses but not actively practicing, but because of my state laws, I'm guilty of all my sins till God or hell freezes over, I guess. Yeah, um, and, one and, or the other, right? Yeah, one or the other, yeah. <laughs> so we, we can go back and talk about that, but yeah. um, maybe you, I thought maybe you wanted to start with the cyber liability thing. Well, you know, actually, since you brought up the professional, I think that um, would be a great little caveat because – you know, oftentimes with the surveyors, as you would um, well know, professional is always to the front, you know, the forefront of their their minds and their thought process. And 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 I know that that was the very first subject that we started with on the radio show. And and I think that's been about almost two years, and it keeps coming back up. So you know, questions um, that will come back up, and and we might just you know. In, in the future, go right back over the professional liability again because it's one that it's like everything else, I guess, in our world that it it is constantly changing and evolving, and um, and insurance carriers may refer to things a little bit different than they did last year or the year before, and etc. And and our members are are they're surveyors. So they're not insurance agents, and so unless they they know the question to ask or or what to look for on their policy, of which we all know you hate to look at those insurance policies, right? Um, 
it's bad enough that you have to, you know, um, pay the premiums for them. But at the end of the day, it it is so important that you don't lose the coverage that you've paid for for all of these years. Um, you know, and that's that's the one area that I will tell you that it's kind of good and bad. Um, and and the good part is is that people have known me long enough you know, 20-plus years. <laughs> and um, um, even if they're not insured with me, oftentimes they'll pick up the phone and say, I heard you say so-and-so, you know, in this convention or that convention, or I've heard you, you know, speak about this on the, on the radio show. Now, what, you know, what should I do? I would love to be able to do that for every single person out there because at the end of the day, whether I'd like to think about it or not, I'm older than I was 20 years ago, okay? And people are starting that have heard me speak or or have run across me at, at some uh, convention, they're starting to look at downside sizing or or they're, you know, they're they're possibly going to sell their their um, business and 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 or just close the doors. Um um and and what they are forgetting to do is looking at the, the tail that exists on professional liability. And professional liability for the surveyor is extremely important, and, it, and it's certainly one that is state-by-state um, state regulated. So what applies in Colorado or Utah will not apply in Virginia, okay? And yeah, so, I was going to ask you if... Um there's a lot of talk, has been a lot of talk over, over a long period of time, but it seems like more talk in recent times uh, about um, survey organizations pursuing statutes of repose in yeah. the states. And, and one of the things I, I get a lot of questions about, and I'm not sure I am totally understand it as well as I probably should, but, but I get questions about, well, okay, what statute of limitation and what statute of repose? And my in my dealings with people, the repose statute is one that takes effect at some set time after the work is complete, and the limitations statute takes effect at some time certain after someone thinks they discover a problem. Yeah. Point is that basically true? That is, that is correct. You know, the point of discovery. Um, and it can drastically... Um, affect a land surveyor and other professions too, but but more so primarily, you know, as you know, I I do more business with the land surveyor. So um, the land surveyor that can drastically affect their pricing, um, especially if they start to try to get a tail coverage or an even a an unlimited tail coverage. Um, uh, Oftentimes, it's it's maybe next to impossible to get the unlimited, um, especially if you have the point of discovery um, in that particular state because it could go on forever. Um, and That's so, um, from my perspective, you know, I wished, you know, if I had a wish list, I wished the the you know the legislation was such that every single state would have you know, a, a, a repose um, or a, a set limitation as to um, the statute for that state because it would 
positively affect the surveyor when they got down to either retiring or um, spinning off or you know selling their company um, to pr protect their their assets long term. Um, Do you guys have to keep up with all the current stuff? Because the reason I'm asking this question is fairly often, and actually not too long ago, I, I got a request from a state that was looking toward a repose statute, and West Virginia actually was, was able to get one passed just at the end of last year, or actually at the beginning of this year. And um, so every time those things come up, uh, I'll, I'll get a, a call or an email from somebody saying, which states have what, and that's a difficult thing to track down, uh, or at least it is for me. I don't know if there's an easier way. And, and, and the reason I'm asking the question is I don't know if you have to look for that. And if you do, do you have an easier way than I've got to try to figure it out? Well, what I would tell you is, yes, we do have to keep track of it. Um, and what what I would tell you is I, I, I hope ours is as current as possible. <laughs> but as you all well know, when, when a, a change takes place in a, a specific state, we, you know, we may be six months lagging or something to that effect until the carriers that we deal, do business with, what we try to do is keep up with that statutory limitation um, and or change via our, our professional liability carriers. So, you know, in that particular state, um, there was one just the other day that I was working on um, and the person was selling off the business, and I thought, um, from my current, it was, you know, there was um, a point of discovery, and this particular person wanted to have at least 10 years of a, of a tail, and it was next to impossible for me to do that um, with a carrier that would take it on n not knowing what they were going to get five years from now, okay? Mm-hmm. So um, in that particular case, there had been a change of law where I was capable of tracking that down and then proving it back to the insurance carrier to be able to negotiate a unlimited tail for that particular person. Okay, so those those kind of things. Now, what I could tell you, and we can certainly speak offline, um, but you know that is certainly something that I could um, spreadsheet and send over to you. I don't have it readily available on a spreadsheet, but we do have it um, on our computer systems to where, as we do business nationwide, we can t take a look and say, okay, and we try to negotiate um, premiums accordingly um, based on their statute of limitations um, or how it exists in that particular state. Yeah, that could that could actually work well because if if we have that information and then it, it, any time this comes up in the serving community, we always get the call. So yep. we we kind of keep track when it's going on of how things occur um, and try to keep keep a, a file up. But it's just so difficult to do. But maybe we could collaborate on that to some degree. And and when I find out things are going on, I can share that with you. And maybe we can keep something current that that our, our surveyors can, can have to use or yeah. a re, as a resource. You know, that would be great. And what, what I would tell you, which this will be, you know, coming up in, in the rest of our um, radio show, which is kind of comical, um, but we might be able to put it out there on a shared drive to where the, the surveyor could go out there and take a look at 
uh, the spreadsheet that exists. Um, once yeah, that's a great could. idea. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, going back to the professional liability before our first break, because we, um, it'll be here before we know it. Yeah, um, about a minute. <laughs> yeah. So on that professional liability perspective, you know, don't just call up your agent, whether it's us or someone else, and say, I'm not going to renew my professional liability because I'm going to close my shop. Be sure to have a conversation with whomever it is as to what your exposures are, what you're walking away from, and what would happen you know, to your, your spouse or your personal assets if you don't continue a tail reporting for a professional liability policy. It pertains more to the professional than it does any other um, um, coverage that you have. But have a conversation before you just, you know, notify your insurance agent to say, I, I no longer want to carry my professional that, ability. That was a good lead up to our break. So let's go to break and we'll come right back. Perfect. Want to know if your Shonstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Shonstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. This is Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. I've got a new program starting here, June 12th at 11 a.m. It's called The Prologue, and we'll be introducing you to other writers you may not have heard of yet. Join us, won't you, starting June 12th, 11 a.m. here on America's Web Radio. And here's something new from Shonstedt. Did you know that Shonstedt has upped the ante on trade-ins? Now you can trade in any instrument, theirs or a competitor's, in any condition, working or not, and receive more in trade than ever before. Plus, they'll pay the freight both ways. Contact your local dealer for details or go to Shonstedt.com. That's S-C-H-O-N-S-T-E-D-T dot com. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. We're back with Lisa Eisen for our second segment today, and thanks for that follow-up on the professional side. And, and I don't want to cut that short, obviously, because that's one that's really critical. I, you were talking in the break about these these heart-wrenching stories you hear about where um, people are great surveyors and, and even good business people, but somehow that the end of, of it all sort of evades the consciousness and leaves a, a situation for someone else to deal with perhaps down the road, um, uh, your, your, your heirs, if, if yeah. that turns out to be the case. So it's just a, a good message, I think, to all of us uh, in the serving profession that there are a lot of things we don't like to talk about, and this is one of them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but we really have to kind of force ourselves to do that 
and and have that conversation. It's almost like uh, the conversation about what are you doing for retirement. Yeah. You know, nobody nobody wants to admit they're not doing anything. So um, so you never have the conversation. Right. Right. And, or uh, or you know or the comment I have is well, Lisa, you know, surveyors they never retire. You yeah. Know? They don't ever retire. But they do die. But they do die. <laughs> And, and, you know, they do die, and and there are situations to maybe, you know, health reasons or whatever you have to slow down or, or stop. And, and you know, at the end of the day, it, it you know, I kind of think about um, Dennis Mullen and listening to him, you know, talk at, you know, one conference after another conference after another conference and talking to surveyors about, you know, their business practices and, and what, you know, the... the um, the business one oh um one two three or one oh one or whatever it is that he does and and this is just one of those pieces that you know you think about your life insurance and you think about this and you think about that and it's like we were saying on on um on the break this is just one of those questions that you have to kind of ask yourself get the information to prepare for it and then communicate it because you know, I know a couple of situations that just happened over the past 60 days where I've lost a, um, some surveyor clients of mine um, that have passed away, and I know we've had conversation. And But what didn't happen is that conversation was never passed down to, you know, either a spouse or their business partner or whatever as to their intention. And so um, it's like everything else we, you know, kind of, there's a lot of times we want to put off to to the to tomorrow because we don't want to think about that. Uh, you know, I can tell you personally, I don't want to think about it. You know, they joke and tell me that you know I'm going to be sitting with a piece of surveying equipment and a phone in my ear when I pass away in my corner of my office, stuffed. <laughs> but in reality, you never know what tomorrow's going to be, and so um, let's think about it. And and there's there's good ways to to do what we need to do to make it financially um, capable of taking care and protecting your, your assets. So I'll leave you with that note, but, you know, again, use me as a, as a resource, and if we're with you or, or insure you or don't insure you, don't hesitate as a member of NSPS, pick up the phone, call me, and I'd be more than happy to run over um, suggestions or ideas that we have used in and would help you long term. Um, I'd be more than happy to do so. So um, if yeah, we could, I'd quick, like to... Let me, let me ask you one quick question about that, Lisa. Uh -huh. um, and just thinking of that in uh, even my own personal situation or anybody else's for that matter, um, you know, if we're not practicing full-time but we're in states where we're eternally liable, we continue to pay for some kind of coverage that keeps us... Um, feeling comfortable as we go on through the rest of our lives. And, and of course, we've heard all the horror stories about somebody's widow or heirs somehow coming back and having to face a lawsuit uh, after, the, after the person has passed away. Right. So the plan you're talking about, I assume, sets up some mechanism to protect those people on the back end. Um, and, and I'm assuming that's something that you you take care of before you before you die, so that they don't continue paying premiums. Is that correct, or do, that is that? correct? Okay. And yeah, and so you know, just to to speak on that a, a moment, if 
if a person reaches a state to where um, I'm just going to use your operation, if if you don't plan on um, operating under that LLC or that sole proprietorship or corporation to provide services anytime in the future, okay? You could keep that active, but if you don't provide the services going forward. So oftentimes I get into, it's almost like a counseling session to where a, a, a company feels I have to close that entity down, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And it's almost like taking the keys away from a person to drive the car. Okay, yeah. As long as they have that open, it gives you a sense of, of pride and and um, continuation, or you could do this, or you could do that. But in reality, if you if you aren't going to operate or provide services going forward, okay. So in essence, you don't have a side job, or you don't have any billings that's associated with it. You can actually do what I refer to as a retirement policy, and basically you know, establish, you know, go to your agent, in your situation, me, and, and simply say, I don't plan on ever using this in the future, okay? At that point in time, it, if we will look at the states in which you're, you're licensed to do business. There may be some that's 10 years. There could be some that's unlimited. And if that's the case, we can actually acquire a, a tail coverage that is basically providing you a lump sum amount and an unlimited reporting tail, okay? So in essence, maybe instead of paying $1,500 a year, you have uh, $5,000 for a one-time fee, but it has an unlimited reporting tail. So that could go on and on and on and on, okay? But you're over. You're finished with that policy. Now, in the event that 10 years down the road you decide, okay, I want to reactivate that again, okay, you can still do that, but you're going to have to start that reporting tail back over again should you ever stop. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, and if I'm understanding that correctly, that, that tail policy then extends even after I'm gone. That's right. Uh, and and it's it's a larger fee initially, but then it it's there forever because one of the things I and and I get that that makes a lot of sense to me that at some point in time someone would take that step, um, and I guess the one that's more frightening is the situation that you just mentioned earlier, where someone who's perhaps even still practicing suddenly passes away. Correct. But that liability shifts to the family. That's is there is, is there something set up? I mean, is, I guess the, I guess the question is: Let's say somebody's still still practicing, uh-huh. and they they want to do something to protect their family should some uh, catastrophic event occur to them. Is there something to, to purchase today that would carry over if they die tomorrow? Or yes. I guess that's my big question. I guess yes, yeah. You know what? In any business, you need to do that continuation. Agreement, okay, so if it's a sole pr- pr- proprietor, almost like a will, a living will, you can either do a, you know, almost like a buy-sell, but a, maybe a term policy or something to that effect to say, my intention for the business is to, I'm just going to give an example, 
is to sell this back to my employees. And, you know, they've, you know, I've had this, this person and that person that's been my crew chief and that person that's been this or that. And my intention is, is to sell it back to them. But they're going to need maybe a, a, a management person to be hired to help them do that. Okay? So that life insurance continuation per, um, um, setup would be a, a life insurance policy that would be paid back to either the company or to the person's widow and with the understanding and the intention that that money is to be used to have the business to continue on. Okay? So whether that's hiring maybe a, a licensed surveyor to come in and reevaluate the business and continue to oversee it until they get someone in place to carry on the, the, the um, company. In addition to that, you're, you're also indicating, you know, here's X amount of money that goes towards either acquiring a tail policy for a reporting tail on my professional liability, and then you get an estimate of what that's going to be from a person such as myself, and you have that money set aside to have that taken care of in the event that maybe you change the corporation's name from this to that, okay? But basically, you lay that out just like game planning for your living will or your, your will, personal will, you do that for a business. And the, then the business, everybody's aware that, oh, I need to think about professional liability, and this is the person I need to contact. And, you know, um, this is the, the amount of money that I've, I've set aside to take care of that, that situation. Because I don't know about you, but most, most spouses may not even know that they would have an exposure unless somebody brought it to their attention. And yeah. I would guess that's probably true in, in a lot of cases. Yeah, I, I, would, I would tell you 90% of the people that I've talked to oftentimes don't have a clue about that. And so they may, you know, they may be in a different profession that they don't understand that you, they've got this tail that's going to come over to them. And, and, and that needs to be made aware. Um, um, both from the, the surveyor perspective as well well as the spousal. Um, so so that's what you know that's what I would tell you is is you know it's one of those things, you know, maybe planning for the future and and that might be something that you know that we do, um, Kurt, um, for the members is maybe we do a webinar on, you know, planning for the future or something to that effect that that people could not only sign in for themselves, but to sign in, um, you know, if their spouses or something to that effect um, would want to, to listen into it. Because yeah, I know I have those I, conversations, but it's it's after the fact. I mean, yeah. you know, um, and... That's actually and, a really good idea. I, I like that idea. Yeah, and and so, I appreciate you spending time on that. I We've actually used up another segment, <laughs> but, but it, I thought it was important uh, because... These are the kind of you know those kind of issues where don't like to talk about it, but you got to talk about it. And if we can get this out in the open and 
and provide some kind of a service, perhaps like you're talking about, that'd be great. So yeah. that, that yeah. we'll we'll get into our cyber liability when we come back. All right. Uh, but but again, I really do appreciate you taking the time to not only help explain it to me, but to, but to the audience as well. So let's go to our break, and uh, we'll be back shortly. Okay, great. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.seanstedt.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So, cyber liability. That that sounds like some sort of science fiction deal. You know, I wished it was. Uh, <laughs> wished it was. But, um, you know, and I have to tell you, it is, it's one, you know, one, one, you know, I know that we spoke briefly on it before, and um, uh, you know, cyber liability is—it's is, affecting so many people out there, and even even cases where you don't even realize it's being, you're being affected by it. Um, um, you know, in fact, I um, just a couple of weeks ago, I got a um, an email from one of our members. And it was, you know, I found it odd only because, you know, it's not like I hear from a lot of people a lot of times that aren't my insureds or whatever. And it was like, hey, Lisa, how are you doing? You know, haven't talked to you in a while. I mean, so it was more of a personal type email. Um, but it came to came to me. Well, then I I did not open it. I just, you know, I saw it. And there was an attachment to it, and I didn't, um, I didn't open it only because you know my my computer consultant has slapped my hands too many times because I've opened up the attachment and I get a virus. Okay, well, you know, within a matter of of I think it was you know half a day, two hours later, I get an email sent out by this person directly to everybody that said if you received an email earlier. 
you know, my computer has been hacked into and we discovered there's a virus and, and basically that virus had penetrated the person's um, Outlook account and went through every single email that he had um, address. So if he had ever, if I had ever been included on an email, these people can pick it up and they send it out. And so if I had not opened it up, or if I had opened it up, then I would have not, not only probably received a virus, but it could actually penetrate your, web, your website and your server. And so just like that, if, if a person, you know, tracks down and you, oftentimes you consider that this is happening to the bigger guys, um, it's not. It's basically happening to everyone out there. And, and, you know, say, for example, if I opened it up and then that then blew up our servers or we couldn't, you know, we could not conduct business and so forth, that liability can certainly go back to whomever sent the email, okay? So that business income loss, the cost to have it restored, the equipment itself, um, so on and so forth, is one that's being, that's where the claims are coming from today. And, and kind of twofold is by our conveniences, <laughs> whether it's on, on laptops or desktops or um, our cell phones now, et cetera, et cetera, it's opening more and more businesses up to more and more liability. But they don't even know what the liability is that they're picking up. So cyber liability can be everything from um, scams to, you know, um, uh, identity theft to data breaches to um, uh, Internet services to wireless connections. You know, with cyber liability, there's like, you know, eight different coverages that this is pertaining to because you can get into the personal injury of a person. You can get into the property damage that has existed um, from, you know, a, a virus penetrating your client base um, to the identity theft and then three years of monitoring a person's credit reporting because of identity theft. Um, so it's, it's a... It, it is truly a very large problem that is happening. And, and I really felt like we needed to spend some more time on this, but only because uh, it's circling back around to our surveyors now um, with respect to some of the claims that's occurring and what's happening out there. And, um, you know, just to kind of um, broach the subject of, you know, the smaller companies, they're, they're really marked as the easier um, uh, breach or easier way of reaching um, and exploiting these people. They're more vulnerable. Um, and that's, that's really actually been sent out under a, a loss control or risk management uh, pieces to agents, as well as I see it internally. Um, that the criminals out there that have been um, penetrating, you know, the people like a target and so on, those, they're now um, um, basically shifting their, their attention 
and the criminals have now moved to the smaller or mid-sized company because they feel that they're the most vulnerable uh, of the marketplace to get in and try to steal um, people's information or or have um, uh, security breaches that's going on um, in, in anything that they can do um, to get in and see a weakness, then they will exploit that weakness. Yeah, I guess and it makes sense from the smaller company size. You're not as likely to have as sophisticated a system, perhaps, as larger companies do. That's uh, right. And so I guess that has something to do with it. And um, Now, obviously, we're all sitting around looking at our computer thinking about the computer hacks and how those come with the email and all that kind of thing. But does it go beyond that in our business? I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's other ways they can get to our information they want? Yeah, you know, as, as you know, right now with respect to the, you know, the security within not only your computers but um, your wireless internet connections, your 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 scanners and printers, um, there's so many different ways that that they can get in and steal your information. And 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 the the bad part from a small to the medium business you may be hacked and you don't even realize you're hacked, whereas the larger company, you know, has more data protection. They have, a, you know, maybe a full-time person that comes in and looks at their computer systems. And there are things such as, like, Microsoft Outlook. Um, I'll just use that as an example. How many times do you get updates, right? So you see those updates that every single person out there probably uses, and you don't realize internally that that software update may be fixing a a problem that they have found through maybe larger people um, that left your system open to be hacked. So there's those quick fixes that if you're not keeping your software updated in the most current version used, you may be finding yourself vulnerable to a bug or a a uh, security um, fix that needs to be done on your computer that a smaller company simply don't even have have access to do that unless you do it between you know ten and four a.m. <laughs> it's your non-working hours. Yeah. Um, so that is one thing that that basically opens the smaller business or the medium-sized business up to a potential threat. Um, the other side of it is, 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 you know, unless people such as myself report it to carriers or insurance carriers, oftentimes you don't hear about these breaches on the 6 o'clock news, okay? So, you know, just like I was just explaining about that email, that is a breach, okay? So that breach, they're in there and they're into that person's computer system and depending on the type of hacker you have, they may be going into other people's servers or into your server and just trying to get potential information. And you know, one of the things that 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 um, we have seen and you will see um, is digital copiers in your you set in your own office. We have one in our our own office that. Um, you have the copiers and the scanners of today that, you know, they're 
fourfold. You know, they're typically the printer, the scanner, the you can sometimes even email from it, um, and then you know the copier. Um, sometimes even faxing, but the faxing is kind of doing away with itself. But at the end of the day, that digital copier will oftentimes have a, a hard drive that can keep you know a, a lot of data, a lot of information in it. If that is on and you've left it on during non-working hours or even during working hours. And, and especially if it's a wireless situation, that opens it up even further. But that is, the, is one of the top five um, mechanisms that identity thieves are using today is to get in through your scanner <laughs> and stealing people's identity. And everyone goes, okay, well, I don't really have any inf you know, major information here, and, and I don't really have to worry about that. I don't know of anyone that whether you have personal information, driver's license information, um, things such as you know, your client's um, tax identification numbers, um, possible you know, social security numbers, um, anything that you would have scanned, it's it's in your copier. And unless you have a software program that is is um, like a disk scrubbing software um, or an encrypting software or something to that effect, that information can be hacked and received, and you don't even know it's been got. You know, it's been received. <laughs> um, wow. It's just, it's, it's pretty scary. Um, so, you know, what do we do to, to try to protect or advise people, you know, um, to help protect themselves from those types of threats? And, you know, the data is there and it's stored on that hard drive for many, many years. It can, you know, depending on your storage capabilities. But then, say, for example, you trade in that digital um, copier or scanner, and you trade that into you know your vendor. Unless that hard drive has been totally cleared, you've now given basically all of your work <laughs> um, over the past X amount of years to that vendor. Okay, you don't that's, even think about it. I know no, I wouldn't even have no, about it. No, that's true. We're we're. 30 seconds or so away from, from the okay. break. So, um, and we want to continue this. I'm, I'm curious about your opinions on, you, you were just talking about networks and, and yep. on those kind of things. Um, so when we come back, we can talk about that. And then, uh, of course, the the uh, ever-present fishing expeditions. That's, that's an interesting yes. term. Um, yes. Maybe you can explain that a little bit better, too. So let's go to okay. break, and we'll come back shortly. Perfect. Well, it looks like this is going to be one of those tales, huh? <laughs> yeah. We'll be, be picking up on next show. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask at some point um, coming in, because a lot of people, I'm sure, in particular really small businesses, are saying to themselves, well, what, what have I got that anybody would want? What's to be gained? Well, more than you think, I suppose. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because if you keep any kind of records, they're going to be available. 
Well, you know, as, as the surveyors are scanning more and more their documentation, mm-hmm. they have, you know, not only their own information on it, but they have clients' information right. on it. Yeah, you know, that's what a contract. Yeah. You know, something such as a contract. They're 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 getting this information. You know, we've got one where um, they basically got the person's federal ID number, enough information on it about their years of business, when the corporation started. They formed their own checking account. Oh man. Yeah. So when they track it all backwards to say where where did this information come from, then they can start picking up, you know, the clients that had that information and then that's where they track it down to where did the breach come from. Yeah. And I guess if that breach came from your office or my office, then there's some liability that goes along with that. Yeah, the the liability the liability is it strictly comes back to you, and not only, not only the liability of the, the the monetary damage, but if the data breach comes back to you as a company, you are by law required to monitor someone's um, credit reports for three years. Oh my goodness! And that is extremely costly. And now we have had. This happened with a surveyor. Maybe we can chat about that a little when we come back. He should be coming back shortly. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. Quick Stakes. Is your answer to staking lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes? Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Back with Lisa Eisenham. During the break, Lisa and I were having a conversation uh, about all the cybersecurity and cyber liability. And one of the things I mentioned and that we started a little conversation about I wanted Lisa to share with you is I know the question that always comes in everybody's mind is, I'm a small operator. I don't have much going on. What's to be gained by coming in and taking information from me? Uh, and you told me some pretty interesting stuff when I asked that question, Lisa. Yeah. Well, you know, the the one thing I think we all ask our questions that are our, our, ourselves that same question and 
one of the things, the reason why I posed this um, as our discussion for today is, is whether or not, you know, as an example, whether it's your own information in your own company, if there's information out there that can be um, hacked or received. Um, I, I gave Kurt the example, we have a, a client that they sent enough information via um, uh, email and off of their scanner that um, gave enough information about one of their clients to to a hacker to receive their address, their name, their, the type of corporation. They researched and, and basically got the uh, corporation date and a federal ID number. That in itself was enough for that, that hacker to actually create a banking account to, um, to actually get in and get um, people's financial information. So um, that became a breach. And then naturally, when, they, when the, um, the financial institution was, was then hacked because of it, then they can track down and find a liability coming back to the company. Not only the, the monetary um, financial side of the breach, but as I was explaining to Kurt, you have to monitor that person's credit in all three credit organizations for a period of at least three years and notifying the people of the breaches. So that all comes back to you the, the person in which you know the breach occurred, the financial obligation is the liability. And then you, you have to monitor that for at least three years, notifying all of those parties. It's extremely costly. Um, I want to get in um, briefly to, because um, we're going to run out of time here, but those digital co copiers, the wireless networked um, uh, security mechanisms. We do have, you know, information that we can send out to you uh, that pertains to those things. But like, you know, hotspots that you're using on your Andrew, uh, um, iPhones, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, those are all vulnerable spots, naturally. And um, uh, one of the, 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 if I, if I said one huge thing to help protect yourself is. When you acquire these things, whether it's your router or whether it's your digital copier or um, a wireless internet connection, make sure that you, you change the identifier on any of those routers or your scanners to something that is geared to you yourself, a personal um, password, a personal um, identifier for your router and make it as long as possible, um, change uppercase, lowercase numbers um, such as that to, to help um, distinguish um, uh, the password to you to where it's less likely to be guessed or, or um, picked up from a hacker. Um, most of these routers that we have found that comes through you just use whatever the manufacturer had set for your router identification number. Well, believe it or not, you know the hackers can can get into those um, the lot numbers, the type of um, uh, router that you're using, and they can pick up on those manufacturer 
um, identifiers in a heartbeat. So change those to help you know uh, give yourself a little bit more of a protection from a wireless internet, wireless um, set setup, or your digital copiers. Um, one piece of um, of inf information I, I would throw out to you is if you're sending anything that's um, uh, personal uh, information sensitive, and um, you know whether there are, are people out there that says you know from an employment perspective, or maybe you're checking backgrounds, or um, uh, running you know running it you know and sending it off to um, maybe a client to say here's here's this person's information. And it's a, a it's a date of birth, and maybe one of your clients is asking to run an MVR on one of your clients. Their website address, um, a, a little tidbit of information is https colon forward slash forward slash that that is at the beginning of anyone's website. That is a secure level. Of website protection. That's what the S stands for. So when you're sending it to you know to a secured website, look for those indicators. Um, or when you're in there and, and looking for a person's website, those things should start with an HTTPS, and that stands for secure. So that is a secure website. Um, you know, naturally, things to use um, antivirus, anti-spyware software will help to um, to give you a heads up that this may or may not have a virus attached to it. Uh, any type of encrypting software or disk scrubbing information. Um, the one thing that, from a loss control standpoint, that carriers send out to us and certainly claims people is any type of of items that you have from a wireless perspective. So whether that's a wireless um, internet, wireless computers, wireless um, printers or scanners, make sure that your internet access point has been turned off. So like, don't leave your, your internet open when you leave at the end of the day because you're providing open door to a hacker to get into all of your wireless connections. So make sure those are turned off um, and you don't have your browser open when you leave for the end of the day. And um, to quickly talk about, which we can certainly expand upon um, um, other items and we'll kind of leave. Um, um, I have some security tips for small businesses um, uh, with respect to their computers that we can certainly take up on the next show. but. Um, one thing, you mentioned phishing, and it's actually P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, but it's pronounced phishing, is the scam that I was just referring to about an email that's coming in. That is one, one it's, it's more of an email um, spam or pop-up messages that people get, and it looks like it's some, something personal. So it may be coming from, hey, Kurt, hey, Lisa, this is Kurt, how are you doing? you know, how's your weekend or whatever, and you open it up, these people can read through your emails and they will be sending 
an email that looks like somebody that you just did, you know, or talked to, or within the last 60 days maybe you received um, this type of email with this type of an, a tagline, and and it is extremely hard to catch. And in January of 2015, the the password stealing um, crime that it's it's it basically reached its high um, all time high of 31,000 breaches. Okay, um, it's huge. And basically, what they do is is they send you an email. So at the end of the day, if you do not know what's attached. And in, in something that is it's referred to with a zip um, extension on it, and you're not aware of what they're sending to you, um, don't open it. Just delete it and then delete it again because it's it's not good enough just to delete it out of your um, inbox. It still stays present in your computer system and can reopen itself again. And so you want to double delete it. And basically what it's doing is trying to monitor keystrokes um, to see what your passwords are. So if you're accessing maybe bank information or depositing banks electron or, um, um, uh, checks electronically or paying by credit card, um, anything like that, they're, look, they're trying to monitor keystrokes on your computer and or your server to steal things such as credit card information, social security information, banking account numbers, passwords, etc. And um, it is happening more and more and more and more out there today. Um, um, these are real life situations that it's occurring to people such as yourself every single day of the week. Um, we got a couple of minutes left. I, I'm going to ask a quick question. You were talking about not leaving Internet on uh, uh -huh. open at the end of the day. I know a lot of people now have ways they can check their work email when they get home. Yes. There's, there, and, and is that what you're talking about when they leave that open for themselves to check their email? No. Actually, oftentimes that is um, referred to as another uh, uh, service, such as a TeamViewer um, or something like that. I, I use that myself when I'm, I'm working remotely. But um, what I'm referring to is how you will open up your Internet Explorer, and it might be down in your, your bottom bar or up in your upper um, bar, and Internet Explorer is open. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio.